Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. Welcome. If you do not know who I am, I am V Vincy, or I'm a registered counsellor, therapist and uh, relationship therapist, and I'm founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. So I like to help people pinpoint confusion and chaos so they can seriously get rid of it and achieve clear, calm and confident. That's all we're looking for. I am a completely passionate advocate for delivering good quality mental health. And um, when I say that, good quality mental health well-being is actually what I love to specialise in. Because if we can get our well-being right, we can avoid mental health problems. Okay, I encourage and empower personal growth and progress. And I really want to inspire you to live fully and authentically and tempt you to chase your dreams, all of them, even the scary ones. So the community is about learning and connecting a way that's far less formal. And if you've ever worked with me personally, you will know that I'm pretty informal, so this is even better. But it is always underpinned by the principles that I work with in my practice every single day. Now, if you are new to this group, feel free to go back and have a look at any or all of the videos and there is a podcast that you can actually access as well which has really been a great addition to us because you know sometimes we just don't um have the time to watch shit let's be honest but you know stick me in your ears and drive along with me for your morning pleasure now if you are new let me give you a quick rundown Uh, of how this whole situation works. So last year, I focused specifically on the anxiety and stress that was ever present due to the old big COVID, dark, crazy COVID, and the resulting behaviours from that. This year, I've taken a more long-term approach where we will view the start of the year, what happens in the middle, and then we round that out again at the end. Probably one of the most important things that I want to let you know is that this information is always solidly backed up by science so that you are not simply getting my opinion. And why is this important? Because there's a lot of crap out there. Secondly, the psychology behind what's happening helps you understand yourself more so that you do something different to get a different outcome. So at this point, 2021, we have been going for just over a month and you can catch up on all of these, go back, check it out. But here is a quick rundown. Here's the titles. So what, now what? To sum it up, what the hell do you want? That's it. Invest in yourself. Make sure that you are at the top of your decision list rather than at the bottom. Choice point, my favourite, is what you actually is what you actually want aligned with your values and are they moving you towards or away from them? Um Then we hit February and the wheels start to fall off things. Now, in this case, it fell off because of crazy COVID lockdown. But people were overwhelmed before that 
And so I introduced you to overwhelm and its sneaky little cousin, guilt. So tonight, I promise to introduce you to a little known side effect of overwhelm. And you have guessed it now because the acronym that I use for this is poor little old me. PLOM, that's what it's called. PLOM is the layman's term for victim mentality. When we have a victim mentality, we filter our entire existence through an often distrustful and narrow mental lens. And that is used to perceive both other people and our reality. And this is where it gets tricky. If you have worked with me personally, you will have worked with a model known as the riverbed technique. Now, this technique is used to describe a set of behaviours that will empower or disempower you. For those of you thinking that I am describing someone else's set of behaviours, think again. It's about the behaviours you choose that will empower or disempower you. So what's that got to do with poor little old me? Well, one of the outcomes from disempowered victim, uh, disempowered behaviours is being a victim. And while it's actually vital to claim the role of victim, if we have genuinely been victimised or abused, we cannot move on with our lives unless we step out of the victim role and into the survivor role. And it's in this role of victim that can be labelled victim mentality and is known as playing the victim. All right. Now, victim mentality is a psychological term that refers to a type of dysfunctional mindset which seeks to feel persecuted in order to gain attention or avoid self-responsibility. So people who struggle with victim mentality are convinced that life is not only beyond their control, but is out to deliberately hurt them. Now, these beliefs result in blame, excuses and denial and are fueled by pessimism, fear and anger. And it's most likely that people with this mentality do not realise they have it and do not intentionally choose the role. No one is born with a victim mentality, just as no one is born clinically depressed or anxious. Instead, victim mentality is an acquired personality trait, meaning that it is learned um, as a result of early life conditioning and coping mechanisms. Now, please don't get me wrong. What happens to us as children is completely beyond our control. It was not your fault and absolutely not your responsibility at the time if you were a child. However, it is our responsibility as adults to step into our power and reclaim responsibility for our own happiness and life. So why would someone play the victim? Well, it actually has a number of juicy perks and these rewards make it really difficult to break out of such a mindset, which is why most victims seem to be so emotionally invested in perpetuating this type of toxic behaviour. So let's have a look at some of the perks because I have another little saying that says, nobody does nothing for no reason. There has to be a reason for the behaviour, whether it's good behaviour or shitty behaviour. There's a reason for it. So the perks. Number one, and the, probably the biggest one, and the best one, and this is why kids love doing this, not having to take responsibility for anything. What a perk. I'd love to bloody throw my responsibilities in the bin some days, but alas, I cannot do it. Now, number two, other people lavish you with attention. 
get a lot of attention being a victim at times or playing a victim because being a victim is not a problem. That means you're a victim of circumstance and you absolutely need to be looked after. But playing the victim, that's what we're talking about. Other people feel sorry for you. There's a big perk in that. Other people are less likely to criticise or upset you. You can sometimes walk around, sometimes victims have a little sign that says fragile, handle with care. And then we can't say anything to them. And I look at that and go, well, but then you're keeping that person fragile. It's like putting a beautiful crystal glass in a box and never being able to use it. The other thing that is really, really good perk for a victim is you have the right to complain. You can complain all day long because my life's fucking terrible. Let's complain. You are more likely to get what you want if you play the victim. All right, so there's another little word that goes with play victim mentality and it has to do with some of the behaviours that come out for us to continue playing the game. And it's, hmm, I wonder if I should even tell you. I think I will because it begins with M and it is manipulation. Hmm, I'm going to leave you with that little nugget and you can have a think about it. Now, next one. This is a ripper. You feel interesting because you get to tell people all of your stories. Now, what that actually means is that people feel important sometimes telling their stories and we all need a sense of importance. But if we have muddled up our sense of importance with telling stories about how miserable our life is, then we're playing the victim role. And it doesn't actually bring people to you. People listen to you, but you can often alienate them. So you sort of end up pushing away the very thing you want, which is attention. One of the other things is you don't have to feel bored because there's too much drama going on. It's one of the other things that we get with a victim mentality. There's a lot of drama. You get to avoid and bypass anger because you're too busy feeling sad. Now, that is a big one. So if you work with me, you will know that my favourite movie is Inside Out. And if you don't know that, that is a kid's movie. The reason it is the most favourite movie of all time for me is that it simplifies my job really quickly. Because I have people coming in every day who tell me, and I say, what's wrong? Tell me what's going on. I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, I'm all of these things. And I go, oh, God, they're describing all their feelings. But I work with core feelings, very, very basic, very basic feelings. And so we always need to get to anger at some point. Not everyone's going to be angry, but a lot of people don't like anger. So that's the thing. If you listen to that last one, you get to avoid and bypass anger because you're too busy feeling sad. So sadness can be a decoy from what's really going on. But to be sad, to play sad, you have to play victim. Right. Can you see some underlying patterns starting to emerge here? Playing the victim actually gives you a lot of power. Power to avoid responsibility. The power to feel righteously sad and persecuted. Power to avoid uncomfortable emotions and power to manipulate other people. So where's the problem? Well, like I said, the majority of people who play the victim do so unconsciously or even unintentionally. But even so, 
The role involves a tremendous amount of manipulation and string pulling. People in relationships or friendships with people who play this role often report feeling like puppets who mould into whatever their victim or the victim believes they are or wants them to be. So having other people feel sorry for you is an easy way to wrap them around your finger. The unconscious craving to control others through their sympathies is really only a way for the mind to reinforce its belief that I am a victim ego identity. Now, if this concept is new to you, I want you to go back to last season's episodes on both the live videos or the podcast and find episodes 15 and 16. This is where we talk about the ego and the shadow and the creation of identities. It's, it's who we create to avoid certain things. All right. Now, I'm a victim identity can often create a lot of comfort and artificial safety in playing the role. Because not only does it reward you with not having to take responsibility for any of your behaviour, because other people are always responsible, it also prevents you from feeling uncomfortable emotions like guilt and anger, while at the same time making you feel cared for by others. It's a great little game, really. There is no one type of person that fits into the victim role. So it's wrong to say that only narcissists or sociopaths adopt this role. They don't. I have personally seen all types of people play this role, from sweet old grandmothers to teenagers who, I must say, are bloody great at it. But I've seen mothers, fathers, professionals, and even the spiritually awakened people pull this shit out. Now, why is it a little-known effect of overwhelmed? Because being overwhelmed is a big, fat pity party. It's where we get to tell everyone how busy we are or how we are busy because our partners are fucking lazy or our kids are entitled and ungrateful. But what it is really is a way to completely shirk our responsibility that we have taken on too much or we have not asked for help when we need it. Ah, that old chestnut. An inability to ask for what we need. Let me tell you this, this does not just apply to women. Men don't ask for their needs to be met either. We are all guilty of asking for what we want, but not what we need. Now, all this victim bashing is not my intention because, like I said, a victim mentality is complex and unchecked. It can become a mental health problem. A victim mentality stems from thought patterns and beliefs that are now hindering rather than helping. And that person, if you are in that space, you are either unable to see it or you don't know how to change it. Okay, so I'm going to highlight a few things that will describe a victim and, and see what happens underneath, okay? So victims can often lack the knowledge that they may be taking advantage of others. They don't realise. They are so used to a certain way of being treated that they don't recognise it as recognise it as unhealthy for them. They often have a lack of healthy self-esteem or self-concepts. They have little belief in themselves. They come from high-stress families where their rights were rarely respected. Therefore, they lack the competency skills and abilities to stand up for their rights, which is why they don't ask for what they need. They often lack information about assertive behaviour and they have no experience at times in using that behaviour, even if you give it to them in a really nice little handout. 
lack of others in their lives who can point out alternative healthy situations to their problems is also something that I see come in with victim mentality. Now, they are often timid, scared and suspicious of help being offered to them. And they can also be sceptical about someone really wanting to help them. So they really have a lot of trust issues and often a victim has been hurt. You know, victims don't come for no reason. A victim has been hurt on some level. So they are often sceptical about it, right? So that describes a victim. Now, nowhere in there is there any bashing of that person. It's about looking at recognising, shit, do I fall into that? And am I not wanting to see it? Or do I not know what to do with it if I see it? Because sometimes when you don't know what to do, it's easy to stay where you are. It's, it's, it's easier to avoid it going because I don't know what to do because that can sometimes feel scarier than confronting, well, shit, I'm actually that sort of person. What do I do now? Because if you don't have an answer, that's even worse. Now, let me tell you about some of the irrational beliefs that a victim can hold, all right? And these are really interesting. Most victims really believe that they must be nice to everyone, even if you are not, if they are not nice to you, all right? They can often believe that life is supposed to be filled with unhappiness and uncertainty. And our news coverage certainly propels that belief, doesn't it? I don't know. I think I've watched the news Shit, I can't remember the last time I watched the news and it was filled with happiness and stability. So we're sort of being reinforced with some of these things. One of the other things that a victim can believe, the small guy never wins. That's why they feel that they're controlled by other people. The small guy never wins. There, um, another thing is this is the way things are supposed to be. It's very rigid in its thinking. It won't look out. So well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. No, it's not. It's not just the way it is. It's the way it is for you because of a set of beliefs or things that were taught to you, but you can challenge them. They can also believe that there are winners and losers in all transactions between people, which makes it quite competitive. There's, if there has to be a winner and loser, well, most people will go, well, I'm going to be the winner in this, and they hate being the loser. In my world, I have to help people look for the win-win. It's a win-win situation. And in fact, I spend a bit of my time saying to people that win-win isn't necessarily fair because fairness is a fallacy. There is actually, life's unfair. There's no fairness. Can we have equality? Absolutely. But does that necessarily mean it's fair? Not always. Okay, so win-win doesn't mean equal distribution. It just means, well, I'm happy with what I've got and whatever you get, as I hope you're happy with it, and then we come to an arrangement with that. We call that negotiation. Victims often believe that their role in life is less than others. They put themselves underneath other people. They often um, believe that people are selfish, mean, self-centred, or disrespectful. They think that most people are that. They also believe that you should not complain. They also think you should take it like a man or take it like a woman, suck it up, basically. And one of the big ones, be silent with your feelings. That is a belief 
that is irrational. Be silent with your feelings. And you can see how that would lead into the behaviours of not asking for what your need can play out. All right? Have a look at those. See if they fit for you at all. Victims do not stand up for their rights because they suffer from irrational fear of being disapproved of, of being rejected, of having conflict. They don't like having conflict. They become afraid of it. They become afraid of taking a risk. They are afraid of the unknown. They are afraid of change, confrontation, and they are afraid of losing their self-respect and making a mistake. And drum roll, please, and the reason why we're all here tonight, they are afraid of being overwhelmed emotionally and physically. Now, I have a little saying that says, what you resist persists. So when people are afraid of something, it often is the very thing that confronts them. So if as a victim, you become fearful of being overwhelmed, hello, guess what you're going to be feeling at times? Because this is where our choice point comes in. If we are afraid of becoming overwhelmed, are we actually heading to that or are we heading to the opposite? We often head where we are looking. If we keep looking at overwhelmed, 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 then we take steps towards that and that's not actually where we want to go. Now, how do you stop and why is it important for you to do this right now? Because remember, my aim for you is to identify what do you want? Something that will make a difference to your outcomes this year. That is a different result. Bringing awareness is my role. And this mindset will prevent you from looking at things differently, thereby offering you a different perspective. So a different perspective allows you to see and do something you have done before. And bingo, something different happens. So how can you move out of the mindset? One, know the benefits of the role. Know what the benefits are. Here they are in a nutshell. Attention and validation. You get attention and validation. You do not have to take risks. When you feel like a victim, you tend to not take action and then you don't have to take any risk. You don't have to take the sometimes heavy responsibility. So taking responsibility for your own life is bloody hard work. You have to make difficult decisions and it's just heavy sometimes. In the short term, it can feel like the easier choice not to take personal responsibility. Finally, it makes you feel right. When you feel like a victim and everyone else or just someone else is wrong and you're right, then it can lead you to feeling good about yourself. So in my experience, sometimes just by being aware of the benefits that come from victim thinking can make it easier to say no to that and to choose a different path. It also makes it easier to make rational decisions about what to do. For example, you can start talking out loud to yourself like this. Yes, I know I can avoid risk and hard work by taking action, um, by feeling like a victim, but I also know that there are even more positive results if I choose to make another route, if I make the better choice to take a chance and start moving forward. This helps with our choice point. Go to episode two in this season and, or view the podcast, um, listen to the podcast. Number two, be okay with not being the victim. So to break out of that mentality, you have to give up the benefits. You've got to give up the benefits of all of those. And because of that, you sometimes experience this sort of emptiness where 
you let go of victim thinking. If you let go of the victim thinking, if you have spent hours each week um, thinking and talking about how wrong things have gone in your life or how people have wronged you and how you could get some revenge or triumph over them, and now you have to fill your life with new thinking, that's going to feel uncomfortable because it's not so familiar. It's not as familiar as the victim thinking that you've been engaging in for years. So, number three, take responsibility for your life. Why do, po why do people often have self-esteem problems? I'd say one of the big reasons is that they don't take responsibility for their lives. Instead, someone else is blamed for the bad things that happened and a victim mentality is created and empowered in that moment in time. It wasn't my fault or I didn't do anything. The damages made um, are many. They're, they're huge in your life. They can stuff, stuff up relationships, ambitions and, and achievements. That hurt will not stop until you wise up and take responsibility for your life. There's no way around it, really. And the difference is really remarkable. You know, I want you to have a go. Try it out. You'll feel so much better about yourself, even if you take one personal responsibility for your own life for a day. Now, this is also a good way to stop relying on external validation, like praise from other people, to help you feel good about yourself. Because what instead of you, I want you to start building stability within and a sort of inner spring that fills your life with positive emotions no matter what other people say or do around you. One of the biggest ways to build internal validation is to achieve something for your life. And that's taking responsibility for it. Do something. Do something for you. Now, number four, gratitude. When I feel that I am putting myself in the victim role, I have to ask myself this question. Does someone have it worse on the planet? And the answer may not result in positive thoughts, but it can sure snap you out of a somewhat poor me attitude pretty quickly. And I can understand that I have a lot to be grateful for in my life, even though, you know, sometimes it's really shit. But I've got to challenge my thinking because just because I do this job doesn't mean that I don't feel crap there's a lot of times that I feel crap. And the question changes my perspective from narrow and self-centered into a much wider one. It just helps me to lighten my situation at that moment in time because the only thing I can change is my situation. Same with you. You can only change that. And, you know, after I've changed my perspective, I usually ask another question like, well, what am I going to learn in this situation? How am I going to make this situation an opportunity for me rather than keep it as a shitstorm? I don't want that. This is really helpful to keep you focused on how to solve a problem or get something good out of a situation rather than asking yourself why over and over and over again. And I've often said that people can get stuck on the why and it can make you feel worse and worse and worse. Now, as a therapist, absolutely I work with the why. But often we can't look at the why until you are removed enough from the emotion to observe it. Otherwise, it keeps you keep getting stuck in it. It's like a loop that has got a faulty loop in it. Number five, you've got to give yourself a break now. Give yourself a break. Getting out of victim mentality can be hard. Some days you will slip. That's okay. Be okay with that. And be nice to yourself. If you have to be perfect 
then one little slip up is made into a huge problem and it can cause you to spiral into a very negative place for a lot of days. It's far more helpful to just give yourself a break and use the tips above to move yourself into a positive and empowered headspace once again. Now, what if you aren't the victim, but you've got one in your life? What then? How do you deal with them without hurting them? Well, it can be tricky, particularly because direct confrontation only reinforces their sense of being persecuted. So I'm going to give you a couple of tips because sometimes people do have the victim and they're going, oh my God, this woman is sucking the life out of me or this man is killing me. It's about looking at, because if you get trapped in it, you're already in there. You're part of the victim problem now and it perpetuates. So number one, first one, don't get sucked into their feelings. They can be like a vortex. But remember, victims are unconsciously seeking attention and validation. But when you grant what they want, you will become emotionally entangled with them, which is bad for both of you. So try to be a passive listener without actively involving yourself in their pity party. Remember, they will look to you for sympathy as a way of reinforcing their mentality. But don't give it to them. Simply remain neutral unless you decide to practice point number three, which I'm going to get to in a second. So number two, make it their problem. Victim complex sufferers will always find a way to pin blame and responsibility onto another person as a way of bypassing self-responsibility. So this will also try to get you to agree. They'll also try to get you to agree with them to bolster their sense of feeling right. Instead of agreeing, express how much confidence you have in their ability to handle the situation as a mature adult. It'll get them every time. Number three, agree wholeheartedly. So if you, if you get sucked into their feelings or you want to practice point number three, which is you're not going to engage, this practice is used as a little bit of reverse psychology. So you go along with their resistance completely so that you completely blow the problem out of proportion. So if the victim is saying how terrible their life is at the moment, agree with them. Life truly is awful and horrendous for them. This tactic can cause the victim to change their tune saying, well, I guess it isn't that bad because remember they need to have the attention and if you're giving them the attention in not the way that they want, they're going to change tact. Number four, don't give advice. The truth is that victims don't want to solve their problems because the world would that would undermine their sense of being victim. Therefore, giving advice to them is equivalent to speaking to a wall. You're wasting your breath. When victims seek for advice and counsel, what they're really wanting is evidence that you care. And that's the sad thing about victims, that they confuse pity with love. Now, if you've worked for me, you know that I don't do that. People go, what do I do? I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm here to help guide you. I can't give you the answers. It must drive people insane. But that's why I do it. Because if you ask me, I can't allow you to play the role of victim. I have to help you get out of that mentality and help strengthen your belief that you can solve it. You may then simply say to me, I don't know how to solve it. Great, because then I can help you. Because all of a sudden, you've done something different. You have acknowledged and taken responsibility. I don't know how. Perfect. Or that person will never come back to my office again because guess what? They didn't want to change it. Happy days. Everyone's happy. It's not my role to change what you want to do. 
It's only my role to change something that you have realized is not helping you. Okay. Now, I don't know if there's any questions here tonight. Because um, I obviously had a few comments up front and I'm glad that we had them. If you are on and you have a question, please flick it out. I'll wait a couple of seconds only because Facebook is a bit bloody funny like that and my um, my comments don't come up immediately. However, you do know the drill, the deal. And if you want to ask questions at any stage, you just send me a private message. There's no problem. I will answer you. Next week is all about the antidote to poor little old me. And we've probably covered some of it in here, but I'm going to spell it out for you next week. So I'm going to catch you on the flip side. Bye.